0: Hello, and welcome back to the leaders who love what they do podcast. I'm Anne Collins, and I support successful senior leaders across the world in both Anglophone and Francophone countries to accelerate their impact within their organisation, achieve goals they previously believed to be absolutely impossible, and on an individual level, start to live their legacy. So thank you for joining us. This is our episode four of our Elevate Your Energy series. So if you haven't yet heard the others, do Go back and listen to those, as they each one does build on the previous one. So today we're we're diving into something that I think is very interesting because it's uh, it really combines my experience of being in education for many years, but also now my experience of being a coach and seeing my clients um, and how they've developed, and also through the training and the studying um, that I've been doing as well. So I'm hoping to bring um, a little bit of uh, a joint a joint perspective, if you like, um, from Both of those from both of those areas, and I'm hoping to shed maybe a little bit of a different light on this problem of energy. So using creative energies or using creative activities to avoid emotional exhaustion was one of the seven strategies given by Emily um, Nagoski in the and I talked about that in the last episode so do go back to hear those other strategies as well all of them are very useful but number number seven I think it was the last one talked about um, using creative activities to avoid emotional exhaustion and I thought this was very very interesting and I wondered whether we could also think about how we could use creative activities to actually create energy because I believe that we can because if you if you think to your own experience I'm sure you can think of a time when you've made something and it could be something simple like an Ikea flat back, flat pack for those who are uh, not in Europe Ikea makes furniture and you often buy the pack and then you put assemble it yourself so it's quite a it can be quite a job and uh, but the the satisfaction at the end is is usually great so that's maybe one thing something simple like that or making a complex recipe making uh, I don't know for me it might be making something like eclairs that are really um, quite quite glamorous recipe but not that easy so something creative like that that takes a bit of concentration and it I think any of those kind of activities where we have to focus we have to really put in some effort and create we have to make something or maybe if you're composing music or anything at all, anything that involves creating something. Personally, I I see and I feel myself that when I'm doing those kind of activities, I'm also, yes, I'm using energy, but I'm also creating energy. I can keep going doing those kind of activities. I can keep, keep going way into, way late into the evening to do something that is creative and you Im- feel totally immersed in it. I think there's maybe something about that. So I would like us to look a little bit further into that and and really think about how we can tap into creative energy because I think it's not often something that comes up for us when we think we're feeling tired, we're feeling emotionally exhausted. We don't necessarily think about that as being a solution or as being something that we could build into our daily lives that could help us to protect ourselves from that emotional exhaustion. We don't necessarily give it perhaps the priority and that that it deserves and i'd like to start from the world of education so as a, as i've just mentioned i've i've been a teacher for a very long time and and i do love to bring together my experience in education with my coaching skills because i'm always looking for ways to combine the best of both because coaching is it, when when somebody is being coached they're also learning of course and they need motivation they need inspiration and we need to make it easy for for people to move forward and it's exactly the same as a teacher. So as a teacher, obviously learning is is really central, but obviously around that, if you don't have if you don't have a way of motivating your pupils or your students, then it, it doesn't go very far. And teachers are experts in fact at helping children and adults to generate high energy that's very focused and children are experts too anybody who has spent some time watching a toddler teaching themselves how to walk and you've really already had a masterclass in high energy focus and creative learning watch how that toddler finds ways to practice finds ways to to pull themselves up to try and to really focus on that and they can do it for quite a long time and surprisingly when you think of their age and and uh, how how some other tasks um, don't don't gain their attention for quite so long so having that high energy that's very focused how do we do that how do teachers do that how do they create that situation well I think when we look at teachers who specialize in teaching creative subjects and you could argue that every subject is creative but I'm just going to take um, art as an example and what art teachers tend to do, well, certainly um, in, in, primary, in primary school art, which is where, um, where I've taught art, um, I've, I was taught and I've observed other teachers do this as well very effectively, that the way to really help children to be very creative is actually to eliminate choice. And this may feel um, counterproductive because you might feel, well, they should have choice. They should be able to use everything in the art room. But of course, if you give anybody choice of all the materials in an art room, uh, you, you just end up with a sticky mess. So what teachers tend to do, what we tend to do when we're teaching a subject like art is to really restrict the materials that are available, we might restrict the colors, might restrict the type of materials that are available. We might um, impose quite a tight deadline again to to provide that focus as well, because by providing a focus, we're providing a way to have high energy, and by motivating by motivating the children to really focus in on one area that does not require too much choice then we're giving people and children the the possibility to actually be creative within that space. Um, I would say that restriction in that sense can work really well. If you think of lots of other other examples, um, for example, cooking shows where they're only allowed to use a certain number of ingredients, it's the same kind of idea. People become creative when they actually have less choice, which is interesting. So let's learn from that and see how could we apply that to ourselves. And I think this is very interesting. And it's what I've been thinking a lot about when I've been um, coaching my clients. And what I'm seeing is that this really works. So what we can do is, first of all, really focus in on goals intention and purpose and I come back to purpose again but purpose when that purpose is really clear when that purpose is crystal clear in fact when the goals are when we're able to see the results clearly when we have a very clear vision of the future it, it takes away other choices in fact so we have clarity we have focus when we when we start to when we start to really focus on the maybe one thing that could make a big difference this is another way and this is there's an interesting book called The One Thing um, by Gary Keller and if you're interested in that um, you can find the references to that in the show notes and he talks about how effective it is to give people or to ask people to think about one action that's going to make a big difference to them and he talks about a domino effect which I think is very interesting so he says "What, what would be the what is the one action that's going to be the domino the prominent domino that's going to have a massive impact on whatever it is that you want to do so think about what what is going to have the big the big impact so again you're limiting the choice you're focusing in on in that case on really one thing I would also um, add into that that it's also focusing on the one thing that is also going to take us out of our comfort zone. What's the one thing that's going to actually at the same time uh, help us to grow, help us to move outside of that zone where we've always done that? So those two things I would I would add in that the final the final part of the puzzle i would say is is also focusing on one thought which is who you need to be and Using affirmations is one, is one way. And, and I think that affirmations that say the job is done work for many people. So for example, if you want to get fit and you want to um, start running a little bit more, the affirmation might be, I am a marathon runner. So the job is already done. So you're thinking about that future. Again, it's highly focused. Um, I'll just give you an example. So for myself, so the last in the last few years, I took up the violin again, having not played it for about ooh, about 10 years. And, uh, and so in my head, I was saying to myself, I'm a beginner again. And I worked really hard. Um, I totally relearned the technique. I had lessons. Um, I practiced diligently far more than I think I ever did when I was younger. And, um, and and I decided that yeah, this was this was a good way forward. This was the way to do it. But unfortunately, at the end of that, I'd probably done about a year of that, I still felt like a beginner. Even though my playing had advanced, it had got better. It had wasn't quite at the level it was, but it had got better. But I still felt like a beginner. So over the summer, over this last summer, I decided I was going to coach myself through this just as an experiment. And I decided, okay, well, who who do I want to be with this violin? And I and I decided, well, I want to be a violinist. I don't want to think of myself as a beginner anymore. And what I decided to do was really focus on that. So I'm a violinist. The job is done. I mean, obviously, with violin playing, it's never done, but it more than more than a beginner. And what has happened is as I've practiced and I've played and I've played with played in a few concerts, I've played in a few rehearsals um, recently. And I would say, yes, thinking about this and reframing that it hasn't transformed my playing, unfortunately, but it has transformed how I show up in the orchestra. And I'll give you an example. So normally I was sitting at the back of the second violins. And those of you who know about orchestras will know that's about as far back as you can go. And there's a there's a there's a strict hierarchy. The, The better player's go towards the front. And and this week, I was actually asked to lead the second violins. Now, I think that's not because my playing was better, but it was because that I was playing full out with, with a lot more confidence and owning all the wrong notes with a bit of humour rather than embarrassment. And I'm sure that that is the reason why I was asked to lead, because as I said, it wasn't because my playing was any better, but I was, I was exuding a confidence that I certainly didn't have before. And, and of course, guess what happens when you play and you learn with that attitude? Of course, you make progress, you feel energized. And so it's really a win win. By focusing on one thought, I've transformed, not necessarily my playing, but certainly my enjoyment of it. And also, I think that that progress will come much more quickly. So that's just one example of how having that one thought that one focus and also in a sense the the goal was very was very focused as well it wasn't it wasn't so dispersed that it was never going to go anywhere So going back to this idea of what we can learn from education I think that when we're looking at learning and progressing and tapping into that creative process all of that is very very energizing And when we combine it with the other methods we discussed last time, those that lovely list of seven things, plus the uh, the basics like sleep and nutrition and exercise that we all know about, I really do think that we have there a great toolkit to elevate our energy. So I would hope that for everybody, everybody can find something within that list that is going to that is going to mean something to them. I would also like to go back just very briefly to the idea that really they they noticed the the, uh, the the psychologists really noticed that physical exercise was the number one strategy for elevating energy but they also said that connecting with ourselves connecting with others and having self-compassion were also very very important and in, in a sense i think that when we when we are engaged in creative activities we are also connecting with ourselves and also often and connecting with others if it's uh, something something like music where you're playing with other people so thinking about activities in this way I'm hoping that that will that will be of interest to you so finally to conclude this series I would just like to suggest to you that that we think about energy again in a different way and I think energy really is the new capital you know, your own personal energy is so important. You can't buy it. You can't outsource it to anybody else but luckily you can create it. And what I see is with my clients and people around me is that those who manage their energy effectively, who can create, who can focus, who can energize themselves and others, finally, and ultimately achieve their goals more easily. So this is this is really a way of, of bringing together a whole number of elements, in fact. But I think if we remember that energy energy is important. I think if that, if there's just one thing that I would like you to take from this series of podcasts is to put energy at the top, uh, really put that at the top of your list of concerns. Because when you have that energy, when you have that focus, when you have that ability to connect to yourself and to others, that's when you can really start to live your legacy and put, put your, your goals into practice. So I hope you have enjoyed um, this series of podcasts. Do let me know. And if you have enjoyed them, I would be so grateful if you could review and uh, share this with someone else who might also enjoy it. We've also got our um, next f- um, five-day challenge coming up, which is called Life, Leadership and Purpose. So do join us for that. If you would like to sign up, it's now possible to sign up. It starts on the 25th of October. It's a, it's a five-day workshop and it's about 45 minutes every day. And it's, it's possible to do that across the time zones from America to Europe. A bit tricky going the other way, um, but all the replays are available so wherever you are in the world I hope that uh, you will think about joining us for that so do go do a hop over to the show notes and you will find a link there and uh, and I really look forward to seeing you and getting to know you a bit there thank you so much have a great day and let me know what you thought of these podcasts thank you Bye bye